One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome to Everything Iconic. I'm Danny Pellegrino, and throughout all of this quarantine, stay-at-home, social isolation, I've been doing my best to produce a couple extra episodes for you guys as much as I can, because I know everyone's cooped up at home, and I'm hoping that these extra podcasts can help take your mind off things or help you relax, recharge, rejuvenate, renew, uh, whatever you got to do to get through this crazy time. So I will be back later this week with a Vanderpump Rules recap, and it's, of course, Real Houses in New York premiere week, so I'll have two more episodes later this week. But for now. I have to say that we have a queen icon legend on the show. I had a chance to interview Marsha Gay Harden, who I love. And look, let me tell you something. I love talking to all of our Bravo stars and talking about all those shows. But truly, it's such a delight for me when I get a chance to talk to someone like Marsha Gay, who is an Academy Award winner. She won the Academy Award for Pollock. She was also nominated for an Academy Award for Mystic River. She's a Tony Award winner for Best Actress uh, for 2009's God of Carnage. She was in Angels in America on Broadway in 93. Like, she's done it all. She was in, of course, First Wives Club, which is an all-time favorite of mine. So anyway, it's so it was so exciting for me to get to chat with Marsha Gay about her career, her everything she's been in, and it's uh, so fun. So I'm going to play that interview with you in just a second. Before I do have to say, please find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you want to support this podcast, you can go to the Patreon. It's patreon.com slash everythingiconic. Uh, what else? We have t-shirts and all sorts of stuff available at everythingiconic.store. Um, and I want to say, again, I know I've been saying this a bunch, but thank you to everyone out there who's currently working and helping keep society afloat. If you're someone who works at the grocery store or a healthcare worker, or a doctor, a nurse, uh, someone who works in the factory making some of these things that we uh, are getting, or a delivery driver, or uh, anyone out there who's working to help uh, keep things going. Thank you so much. I worship you. I wish I could give you all a, a big old hug, and I'm just so grateful to everyone out there. Um, it's just uh, it's a tough time for everyone, so I'm sending my love. I'm sending my virtual uh, hugs and kisses. And is that cheesy, sending my virtual hugs and kisses? It's what I'm doing, though. It's what I'm doing. Um, anyway, without further ado, uh, please enjoy this chat with Marsha Gay Harden, Queen Icon. And legend. Bye bye. No, I know we're separated, but I think this is just really—it's like a rest period, Leslie. We're just kind of getting our. Ah! Oh, do it, Annie. Get angry. I couldn't. I know that I should, Leslie. I really do. It's just hit me. Stand up, Annie, and hit me. I can't, Leslie. I'm so sorry. It's just, you know, maybe I know what. Maybe um, next week. Annie, let it out. I want you to hit me. Trust me. Come on. It's okay. Uh, oh, okay. <sighs> oh, Rambo! Ooh, a real tough guy. Come on, Gosh. Annie. Hit me! <laughs> I love that. Oh, 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 oh! Oh, my God. That was I'm better. I'm so sorry. Oh, please don't tell Aaron. Oh, time's up. I'm so it's time to go. Do you feel better? 
Oh. Hello, Marsha Gay. Hi. First of all, I just want to know, how are you doing? Are you in L.A. right now? Yeah, I'm in L.A. Um, we were heading to one spot for spring break, and then we were going to go upstate, where I have a country place out in the Catskills. It's like this beautiful raw land. It's like the neighbors don't have a dental plan, but that's cool. It's like beautiful. <laughs> and um, we didn't end up getting to go. I thought I might rent an RV and go because my daughter's there. She was at school in Bennington and their school shut down. And then she and like seven friends are kind of starting this artist commune there. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's school is shut down and there's a lake and I have a, I do pottery. So there's a kiln and a wheel and they're like ceramics majors and stuff. So it's really, it's, there's a shop for building stuff. So they're all up there and I thought, shit, we'll just rent an RV I'll take my other two. I've got twins that are 15 and we'll just do cross country. But then like the whole, everyone is saying, don't like yeah, it's don't so. It's, don't you feel like it's mixed messaging a little bit? Like I feel like it's very confusing. I was, I was talking to my boyfriend today. I said, well, are we able to go like on walks outside and stuff? Like, Cause I feel like I've read different things. Right. I, well, I see my neighbors walking around the neighborhood with masks on. I'm like, okay, first of all, I'm six feet away. And I don't mean to downplay it. I know, like, we get a lot of shit for downplaying it. I think what you said is really the truth. There's mixed messages. Like, you see on the news, you know, Idris Elba, hello. Mm-hmm. Hello. Um, you know, so, so social distancing right now. I'm like, but your girlfriend is, like, sitting on your fucking lap. Right. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> she's, like, <laughs> she's not social distancing. So you, like, literally are like, what is... What is the what are we supposed to do? I know. And to be honest, I I don't know that I would not be able to sit on Idris Elba's lap if I was with him either. (laughs) Oh, hello. It's like my dream to sit on Idris Elba's lap. Of course, everybody was like, scoot over, girlfriend. He's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, But, and also, he's just that, he's that thing that, like, uh, you know, I'm a man Mm. of a different generation, and if there's a problem, I'll take care of it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, and then I'll sit on your lap. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. But you know, it's totally weird. Like now we're, you know, I'm an Amazon fiend, so we're like wiping down every box before it comes in, and and then they say it's okay to go to Whole Foods. I'm like, okay, cool. So we can go to Whole Foods. We can shop. Just keep your distance. Nobody is in a mask. I know. And everybody. I know. No one has gloves on. All the workers there. No one has gloves on. Like, what? It's all very confusing, I'll be honest. And I went to the grocery store, too, and I felt the same way. I I went to Gelson's here in L.A., and I was just so stressed going because I felt like no one was taking the precaution that maybe I was. And I I don't know. It was just – it was a lot. But the point is, Marsha Gay, is that we can't let anything happen to you. I need you safe and healthy (laughs) because we love you so much. I speak for the people. And um, I actually, last night, my boyfriend and I, we watched The Mist. We were trying to figure out, I knew I was interviewing you. I was like, what should I watch? Um, And I had never seen The Mist. And first of all, you're so brilliant in it. But it also was like oddly topical because it's about a group of people who are stuck in a grocery store. I mean, we're speaking of grocery stores and, and they can't go outside. And your character is a bit of a monster, but you are brilliant in it. Um, So what's your boyfriend's name? His name is Matt. Matt. Okay. Hello, yeah. Matt. Okay, good. Um, I love boyfriends named Matt. Yeah. Um, so the thing is, you're so right. It's like a group of people pitted against the world. And so it becomes more of an exploration into human character than it really is about the 
psychology, you know, the, the reality of the bugs or not the bugs that are mm-hmm. taking over the world. It's the, how will people be there or not for each other? And I love my character. Oh my God. It was such I, a monster. Was it fun to be that way? I mean, it was, it was, she was nuts, but in the best way. She was fantastic. I loved her so much. And it was such an interesting process to find her because, you know, it's based on a Steve, the mist is based on a Stephen King book, right? Mm -hmm. So I read the book. I'm like, this isn't really me. I can affect that. I can be that. Um, She was more of a kind of like a big, blousy woman. And I could think of other actresses that I would have cast if that's what they were looking for to describe the character in the book. And Darabont says, no, I just want, you know, I want you for it. I want you to come up with something. But he was casting me from afar. And so I was like, okay, but I like to come up with something with you, with the director. Mm -hmm. So let me give you five ideas of who this character could be because she's got to be someone, she's got to be a little off in a way, but she has to be someone I think who has some damage to her as well. And so someone that you could, you would get to be a fanatic. So you think, what are the archetypes of that in in society so one i created was like the commune hippie so cool but like you know you knew that in a heartbeat she'd like take her rake and stick it in the ground and say that Mm. that pepper is mine Mm -hmm. (laughs) like she wouldn't let so she was like an activist is a better way to describe her so i did her i did someone that i just but, but i would do like a wig and i put on a beret and i had a sound and i would tape that character saying lines and then i did what i called the nun and she was this really stark kind of um character who was very mincing very very mincing we've all had one as a teacher mm-hmm. and then i would tape lines as her then i did tammy Faye, and oh I so these were so this was you trying to figure out who that character was yeah oh yeah. my gosh but, and because i was far and i didn't have costume and people to help me at the time i needed to go in with an idea so tammy Faye was the third one big and blonde. I had a blonde wig. I pulled it out. I put it on. Then there was um, one more that I can't remember. Oh, just like the grocery mom, the grocery mom who would take everything she could before you got it. And mm. she would, like steal kitty litter. She had to. And then the last one was um, the preacher's daughter, who I was totally sure she was a virgin, except for a possible experience with her father, the preacher. And you know, she was a real lady. She wore gloves, and that's the one we went with. Um, because oh, I let Frank look at her ball. He kind of liked the nun, but I was like, you know what? It's a dead giveaway. It's, she's she's a little obvious, so people are going to know as soon as you see her mm-hmm. that she's the enemy. I want you not to know. And so we went with um, the preacher's daughter. And what was fun about that was she she was kind of ladylike. She did, and she was very religious. I needed someone who would be that um, religious. So that worked, and it was really fun. I know while we were shooting it, where the hell was uh, Sharif? Port. We were shooting it in Shreveport. Oh my, gosh. oh my God. Would have you ever been to Shreveport? I've never been, no. Okay, first of all, it's so mean to say because people would be like, that's not the way it is. But it was really, it was hotter in the hubs of hell. <laughs> oh and there was this dog rendering, rendering factory like across the street from the hotel where they wanted to put us at, which was like a casino hotel. So everybody smoked and like all the rooms stank. But then you could see like in the middle of the day, you could see this, um, you could see when they would render the dog food, a cloud would roll down the street. Uh, The mist was coming. Literally. See, I'm telling you, you could see it coming and it would roll over you and it was stank. And that's like, I ended up moving out into this, 
suburb where like all the three-year-olds had electric cars. (laughs) 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 It was like like one of those where every street is a cul-de-sac, but all the three-year-olds had little electric cars. We were like, oh, look at Johnny. He can drive really well. And, you know, my kids wanted them, but I I wouldn't let them. Well, the movie is so good. I mean, it ends on a very kind of depressing note, but it was it was great. And it's not the normal. Normally, I'm the kind of person who I like a good comfort food movie. My favorite movie of yours is uh, First Wives Club. And I just that's like a movie. I I like a comfort movie. I like a rom-com. I like a comedy. Um, And that movie, First Wives Club, is like up there and probably like my top three movies of all time. Like it's so, so good. And you of course play uh, Annie, Diane Keaton's therapist. Um, Do you have any memories from working on that? Well, I do because um, she, Diane would often wear these like earplugs. And it was one of my very first movies ever. Maybe I'd done Miller's Crossing. And then that was like the next movie I did. And um, she would wear these music. She would have, music in her ear to kind of get her in the mood so she really wasn't available for any conversation before and that was so different for me but you know i would nevertheless try to make conversation with <laughs> sure, her sure sure <laughs> you know because she's dying right. and um i just remember about that scene she really hit me in the face with that uh um with that bat and both of us were just freaked out but we stayed in the moment and it worked beautifully because it was you could tell it was real uh, and yeah. you know, grow from love, boy. It was true. It was, uh, yeah. She was amazing. Will you watch that when it's on? Like, if you're flipping through the channels, Danny, I never watch myself when I'm on. Marcia, like you need I to put on, it on. I, I just don't know. It's so good. It would be so weird. Well, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I don't think my kids have seen it. It's been a long time since I've seen it. I want them to watch Miller's Crossing. That's what I was saying to oh, them. I mean, that, guys, yeah. this is the perfect time to watch old movies. I mean, I was going to ask you, like, what do you recommend? You've been in so many. Y- your career has been so vast and everything. I wondered, what do you recommend people watch while they're in quarantine of yours? I was going to ask you this later, but, like, is there one movie of yours? Would it be Miller's Crossing? Or or what would you tell people? Hey, you're hunkered down. This will make you feel good, or this will make you think, or or whatever god that's so funny isn't that because it's always you always feel so kind of vain answering because you're like i'll tell them the movie i thought i was the best in (laughs) where where they can really see me acting um you're acting in every movie marcia gay every single movie you're giving the performance you're like acting um so you want them to see so like of course you would say like Pollock or something like that or but feel good I would probably say Space Cowboys is a bit of a feel good mm-hmm. I think um, First Wives I think uh, Spitfire is a real soft feel good um, I think The Mist is one of the fun ones because people get really intrigued with it with the character mm-hmm. Miller's is fun is a long uh, maybe used people if you want like to see some fun sex scenes with uh, not with me. Um, but with, uh, Brad. Yeah. I was just reading, uh, Vulture, New York magazine did an article where they said meet Joe black is like one of the best movies to watch right now because it's very long. Um, and (laughs) Brad has a little too long. Let's be real. (laughs) It's a little too long, but Brad, I don't think has ever looked better. Like he's the most pretty he's ever been in that movie. I think he's really, really pretty, but didn't you think he looked good in once upon a time in Hollywood? Oh yeah, recently. Yeah. I mean, he looks good. So he's I don't know. stunning looking and oh, everything. But yeah, he he's aging really well. I think. 
So is Matt pretty or handsome? Or he's rugged? he's like um, I'd say more pretty. My boyfriend has the highest cheekbones. Like I'm so jealous of him. He has just stunningly high cheekbones. Um, and that's what yeah. He's just got very pretty facial features. So would you say that's Matt is your he's your type now, right? So you like pretty for me. They have to be a little rugged and a little funny. And if they're too pretty, I, it's intimidating. Right. Brad is really pretty. When we when we were on set, he has a little rugged job. When we were on set for Meet Joe Black, his mom is with us. And um, she was like, I just don't understand it. All the girls line up the door, you know, to see Brad. And I just don't get it. And you're like, oh, my God, what did you, you look at him? Have you looked at him lately? Yeah. <laughs> he's so beautiful. But he's, he's also just a wonderful person. He was a, he's a really wonderful, kind person. Yeah. And you actually just recently worked with his ex-wife, Jennifer Aniston, on The Morning Show, which there's a scene that you did with her. And that is just, I really I encourage everyone to go watch it. I love the whole show, but there's a scene where you're talking to her at a party and you're like looking you're doing some champagne glass work. I don't know how else to explain it, but it's just such a brilliant scene of acting. I was just so blown away by it. Um, I, I loved it. I loved. I love morning show too in general. I don't know how you have the time to watch everything that you watch. It's amazing <laughs> watch to me. You <laughs> watch a lot. I was like, I don't think I can go on a show because I haven't slept with anybody famous and I don't know any, any pop culture at all. I'm so bad that way. Um, but I love that you just know all of this. This is, I think, some of Jennifer's best work, actually. 100%. Um, on the morning show. It's really rich. It's really complicated. And yet she still manages to make it funny. She just mm. has a way. She's just so freaking affable, uh, but she's taking it to other places. I haven't seen her go. I really love her work on it. Yeah, I love I, Reese. Reese. You know, I always love Reese, so she's like a given to me. But the, this thing that Jennifer does where she can be in the middle of a crying scene, and it's for real, but you still, you're you're with her. And she's risking making herself ugly, and I mean um, character ugly mm-hmm. in it which is also something really wonderful. A lot of people won't do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a, it's a great performance. And I also love seeing these two women at the helm. I'm such a a fan of female led projects, especially because I just think that like, it's, it's kind of rare for us to see, even though more and more we're getting projects that are starring and about women. Um, but you've been in a few. You were in, uh, of course, Whip It, which I wanted to ask. Like That was a project that's directed by Drew Barrymore. It stars all of these badass women. Is it like a different vibe when you're working with so many strong women? Or is that, I, I don't know, do you have any insight on that that you might be able to share? God, yeah. Oh, it, it truly, it depends on the person, not on the gender. Sure, or the sex, sure. I say. Um, gender, sex, what do I say? Um, it depends on the person. But there is a kind of person who's used to being you know, on set and in charge, and it's usually a man because they've gotten more of the jobs. But I can think of a few women like it, too, who've been in power positions for a long time and maybe that's what it comes down to who's been in a power position for a long time Mm -hmm. and they just you know kind of want to swing their balls a little bit wider than other people and sometimes it can hit you in the eye and you're like okay (laughs) you need to step back because that was irritating um and also trying you know just trying to um monopolize and i think the thing that i hate the most when i'm on set when i'm working with someone 
who's a little power hungry are sort of the shame tactics. I hate that. I just really mean? hate, you know, like when they want to talk too loudly to you about something that's private in the mm-hmm. scene mm-hmm. and shame you or shame other people or like classic. And anybody who's ever been on a crew will get this one. Classic actor forgets their lines. Actor didn't study hard enough. Actor didn't do the work. So they're on set and somebody makes the quietest noise over in the corner, like, shut up, guys, I'm done it. Mm. And I'm like, I can't, it's so fucking loud on the set. Crew, what a stupid crew you are. They just fucking go off and off and off on the crew. And no, the actors, the other actors just look at each other and like, "Mm -hmm." didn't do their homework, didn't do their line. And it's just trying to shame people with bullying and shaming. And I just really, I hate that. For Whippet, of course, Drew's not like that at all. There, for a lot of the women that I've worked with, there seems to be just such an enthusiasm and such a a glee to have either been invited to the table or to have chosen to pull their damn chair up to the table. Mm-hmm. And so there's just such a pride in that moment of not waiting to belong, but simply accepting the belonging, which I think is, you know, you can probably take and you can split that off into lots of different areas of people's lives, but specifically in film, because they have this enthusiasm, they actually listen to other people. They listen to other ideas. They're not threatened. They'll say, ah, oh, that's a good one. Or gee, that was on my mind too. Huh? Let me take another look at that. And so it feels slightly more collaborative than it has in, in the past right. or with, you know, some nail controlled sets or, or power controlled sets. Right. And Whippet is such a quirky film and it's such an interesting thing to me. I just think it's, it's a movie that hasn't been made before. I mean, so oftentimes we see movies and it's like, oh, we've seen that a hundred times, but Whippet is just so incredibly unique. Do you skate? Um, I know, but I've actually been to, uh, I, I can't think of what is the word I'm thinking of. I've, I've seen the, the women here in LA, the Derby. Yeah. I've been to the Derby, Derby the Derby dolls. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's so fun. Like they're the most, it, I, it's something I recommend if you're in LA or, or somewhere where you can get to one of those shows, they're such a good time. It's like a great crowd of people. There's, there's drinking and there's uh, a great show. Yeah. It's just really, really fun. And all that. But wait, you don't rollerblade even? I mean, I did. And I, I actually put, I'm was gonna just, that's so not gay of you. I know. I, know. <laughs> I was just talking to a friend. I was like, I need to get my rollerblades back out. <laughs> It's been a long you. time since I've rollerbladed. Come on, because the best things are like those dance circles in New York, and everyone's like in little cute shorts, their butts kind of showing, <laughs> going around. It's really, and the music's great. When we're allowed to go to Central Park again, or any park, right. and when we're allowed to be near each other, I suggest everybody does rollerblading in those park settings. I know. Rollerblading is a good workout. I mean, I'm whatever workout we can do nowadays, but I think rollerblading's a good. I'm gonna get my rollerblades back out of storage after we're done here. It's the fun of dancing too. That's it. Dancing <laughs> is a great workout. So oh my much God, fun. We'll dance again. Will we ever be able to dance again? I hope so. I hope so, Moshe Gay. I think everything's going to change, but I think, you know, on the other side of this, we're going to need to dance. We're going to need to dance it out as much as we can. I think so. Celebrate our lives. Right. Our beautiful life. You know, I want to get a little deep for you, with you for a second. 
and not that we haven't been deep this far, but um, in uh, in 1993, you were actually nominated for a Tony for your performance in Angels in America. And at that time, I was I was trying to kind of put myself in that time, and it was 93. America was still was dealing with the AIDS crisis, uh, which at that time I did some research. It was uh, 2.5 million cases globally at that time, um, and I wondered what was it hard to take on that project at that time. It must have felt so heavy. I could. I you would, were not born, right? No, I, I was born, but I was young. I was I was born in the late eighties, okay. but I was I was young. Okay. But uh, you know, it, I still I'm I, I imagine it being a tough time to do with something so heavy. You know, um, by the time we did it, what was it? Ninety four? Is that when we did it? Ninety three, ninety four? Yeah, ninety three. Um, I think. Yeah. So my first boyfriend in high school, um, God rest him. Uh, his name was Sean Dawson, and he was gay and didn't really know it at the time, mm-hmm. and nor did I. And that's a long career of all the best men that I've ever loved are gay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's, that's why we love you. That's it. Middle name, babe. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> no, just can I just tell you about the middle name thing? Yeah. So please. somebody sent me this, someone sent me this article that said, Marsha, homosexual Harden, talks about her mother's <laughs> passing because I guess the newspaper wasn't allowing people to say it was from England. Oh they were allowed to say gay. So it's Marsha, homosexual Harden. So they thought that, it, that I, mean, I was gay. Marsha Gay Harden. I was like, uh, I'll take it. That's anyway, so funny. That was really profound. So my friend Sean passed in like 80, 85, and he had been my boyfriend in 76 when I moved overseas and when Sean came out, you know, he was, it was early eighties. And so it was like literally red roller blades in the disco. And, you know, I'm sure he was probably quite wild. Um, and he passed in 85 and I'll, I'll just remember there was just a sense of, um, he was Catholic and there was just a sense of what, what a sinner he must've been. And I, that always, uh, broke my heart because this is the dearest person ever. So by the time angels came around, I will be embarrassingly honest. I did not know of the play in California, and I did not know of what a sensation it was um, in California. And when it came to New York, I went in blind. I had no idea. I had not seen it or heard of it. So, But I knew the subject matter. And it was really clear that this person writing was a modern-day Shakespeare, which I just think Kushner is. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. living with a Shakespeare. And mm-hmm. that is to me, Kushner It's just astonishing. Um, and uh, this is a play unlike any I'd ever read. And the character Harper was unlike any I'd ever heard of. And it wasn't for me that she was on drugs. It was for me that she was um, not living her truth mm-hmm. because her husband was lying to her. Right. So she Everyone who was gay wasn't living their truth, and neither was she married to someone that she loved, not living her truth. So it wasn't like, oh, this is so um, hard. It was, this is so beautiful. And there's Mm. very few moments in life, Danny, and if you haven't had one, I hope you have one where you go, oh, my mission that my my work and life and everything about it has lined up right now in this one moment, mm. and this is probably the most important thing I'll ever do. 
and I'm getting to do it. And I'm, and that's what it was with angels. I got to do it. So three and a half hours, one play, three and a half hours, the next play, people coming into the audience, um, in the middle of the unprotected sex scene that Steven Spinella and Joe Mantello had together when he says the condom broke, shall I go on men standing up? No, no, you know, gargling their anguish in their throats, not able to hold back people well, I was living in the village, the West Village at the time, and people go, oh, are you Marsh Gay Harden? Yes, I am. Well, I just have to let you know, I took my parents to see the play, and then I told them I was gay, and then I told them I was dying. And it's like this incredible moment where, for some reason, I got to be a part of this journey mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. Um, of, of, of what that was. And it was really a journey of victory, because... If we look at the gay community and how they um, helped because of their conviction and because of their voices and because of their unity, um, mm. solve AIDS and live with AIDS and teach people how to have dignified life, lives with AIDS, that's this enormous battle that had such force behind it. Because I think my mother um, recently passed away from Alzheimer's. Sorry. And when I speak about it, thank you, when I speak about it, I'll say – that's what we need. We need the advocates in Alzheimer's the way that the gay community was able to advocate for themselves with AIDS mm-hmm. and fight for themselves. And, of course, the Alzheimer's community can't do that because it's so enormously isolated and they don't remember what they have. Mm-hmm. So they can't live with the disease and advocate for the disease. So it's really different. But that was a really powerful time. Okay, you got serious and I just went off, didn't I? No, I, I, but I oh, love the oh. serious, Marcia Gay. I, I, I like the fun and fluff too. I mean, I like all of it. Um, but you mentioned your mother though and your your book, The Seasons of My Mother, is actually so beautiful. And when I was doing my research, I saw an interview you did with CBS this morning where you said, uh, you can repurpose your pain to something positive. And I... I know it wasn't about like kind of the state we're in now, but I find I found it so it hit me really hard. And I wondered like in a time like this where a lot of people are feeling like kind of anxious or confused or stressed, like how how would you recommend or or suggest people re- repurpose their pain or their confusion or their anxiety? Is I don't know, does that question make sense? It completely ma- you always make sense, Danny. Oh, thank you. Um there's something about you that's so humble, and and as soon as you finish this question, it's your turn to be interviewed because I oh, want to okay. know, I want to know a couple of things about you. Of um, course, but to to do that, well, okay, my daughter, and you know, you do things, you make things, you take care of projects that you've wanted to do for a long time, and hopefully, and by the way, we're we are so lucky. I'm lucky. I've got this safe home with two great kids. You know, I'm a single mom. We can cook and bake and and hang out together and watch old movies or watching, we just watched Godfather and, you know, and my daughter and I are making soap. It's so cool. I'm going to send you some. It's so beautiful. Oh my God, please um, do. You know, we're doing kind of fun things like that. I'm cleaning out the office and files and just stuff like that. Like that's how you just repurpose this moment into that. And, and, and I think surrender to it a little bit, but my daughter did bring up, she goes, mom, what about people who live in like abusive households mm-hmm. and they can't, get out. I was like, you know, I had not embarrassed to say I hadn't even thought about that. And there's a lot of people working with obviously with those people in shelters and, and whatnot. Um, and my heart just go out to them. For, but I think, you know, not to be 
when I'm totally that person. As soon as you say something nice about me or something, I'm going to give out something nice about how I live. I always have to like put in for the other side. Mm -hmm. So it's like some weird thing that I do. Um, Maybe you could just say it's being aware and being embarrassed at the, well, I don't even know what the hell it is, but be, but the truth is this message goes out to lots of people who aren't in such dire situations. So beyond reaching out to help other people, yes, of course. But I think your question was aimed at within your own home, anxiety can be real too, mm-hmm. with wh- wh- whatever your home is. And then I think you just try to be creative. Isn't that it? You just try to be creative. My daughter, <laughs> she made, my daughter made this, but don't, and it's, it's all ironic, right? Cause you guys, your generation is totally about the irony, which right. I don't get at all. Like they showed me, it was either a TikTok or a meme. I think it was a TikTok. They showed me one of this girl burping and they're hysterical. They're falling on the floor laughing about this girl burping. Yeah. And they just look at me, I'm freaking poker face. They're like, mom, you don't get it? I'm like, she burped. What's funny about that? It's not funny, you guys. But oh <laughs> so, she made a, a larger than life size cardboard cut out of Miley Cyrus. That's what she just did for fun the other day. And that's on her door. And now every time she and my son pass each other, they go, Miley. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Whatever gets people through, right? Like we all need Whatever. a. Yeah. yeah. And my son, he's a Broadway, you know, God bless him. I hope he's going to be a Broadway star one day, but he's a beautiful singer. And, um, he also loves makeup, and he just did another makeup. I don't know if you've ever seen his makeup. He's got like a little. I have, yeah. Yeah, so he did another makeup face, and I was like, "Do a video. You haven't done one in a long time, honey." So he did that. Just Which creative. I have to say, though, he's he's gay, correct? I mean, and he hasn't seen First Wives Club. I know that's what? not right. Is it? <laughs> it's not I right. Know. You tell him I am upset with him. I know. <laughs> and Katya is was his like. Um, you know, spirit animal or gay godmother or whatever you call it. Um, And when we met her for the first time, like he was frigging in love with Katya, Katya, Katya. He even did Katya for one Halloween, completely dressed like Katya. So we go to see the Christmas Queens. Have you seen it? It's really fun. Oh, I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking about. It's a bunch of RuPaul drag queens, right? Yeah. Yeah. Christmas Queens. So we go to see that and husband's hoping Katya would be in it, but she wasn't in it. And as we left, I'd gone to get the car from the parking lot, and I come back to pick him up, and he goes, Mom, Katya just walked inside. I'm like, really? Did you say hi to her? Did you tell her that you love her? He's like, no, I can't. I can't. I'm like, wait a minute. Julita, watch the car. They're like 13. Watch the car. Katya! Katya! Running down the hallway. Because, of course, I think she doesn't know me from Adam. And I run. I'm like, Katya, Katya, excuse me. Katya, Katya. She's like halfway like behind security, like going backstage. Katya, Katya. <laughs> and she turns around and she goes, <gasps> grow from love. Uh, of course. Of course. <laughs> quotes the first wise club, at which point. I was the new hero to my son. He was like, she knows you? Well, she knows First Wives Club. There is not, I mean, I'd say, I'd argue 99% of the gay community has watched First Wives Club at least once a year since it came out. <laughs> at oh least. my God. I mean, it's so We're going to so watch that. We are going to watch Please that. make him Disney watch it. Like, it's so, it. it is so fun, so good. There's music, there's everything. Um, yes, I will. <laughs> I have to get back to some of your uh, some of your performances. You won the Academy Award for Pollock. You were nominated again for Mystic River. And just, I wondered, is there a performance of yours that you think is 
um, maybe not necessarily award worthy. I mean, I'm, I don't want to ask you to like brag too much about yourself if you're uncomfortable, but is there a performance where you're like, oh, that was actually just as good or better than Pollock or Mystic River? Does that make sense? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I love you so much. Where are you from? I'm from Ohio. I live in LA, but I'm from Ohio. Oh, you are from Ohio. I heard that in your Jennifer Love Hewitt um, interview. Oh, yeah, she, she was so shot sweet. something. She was very sweet. Um, she shot something near where you live. I like Ohio. Um, yeah. So, what would I say? You know, it's literally about transformation, right? Like, I think Pollock was really good because you had to do a couple different things. You had to do accent. You had to go into this world. You had to um, really affect this character. Unfortunately, Lee Krasner was a real character, so I could affect her. Although I will tell you, I was listening to old tapes of her when she was older before I auditioned for Ed. Mm-hmm. And uh, she kind of became a little bit, you know how old people do, a bit of a caricature of themselves on some level. So, like, even when she was talking, it was really, really, it was like mm-hmm. a really, really kind of a sound. And so I, when I met Ed, I was like, hi, Ed, um, thank you for having me over. Mm-hmm. It was like, Marsha Gay, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing Lee Cranston, can't you tell? Oh <laughs> it was God. like, stop it immediately because people have to watch this for like an hour and a half or two and you can't make that noise. So we had to find, <laughs> we had to find something that was more um, uh, just easier. And I, and I understood that it was because she had kind of sunk into this um, way of being. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. So I love Pollock. But the what would I say? I think Spitfire Grill was a really fun characterization, completely unlike what people are used to seeing me doing, because she was really nice and she was um, really soft and sweet. And I don't know why people always think that I'm just so tough. Um, I mean, I love being tough. I love being a sort of tough woman and strong woman. But I do think that it was to have this sweet character to be able to play the sweet character who found her strength that was really a lot of fun did you have something that you thought that you were like marsh this was really good like i thought mystic river was really good too yeah mystic river is great ah i love that sound don't you and that's the sound you're gonna hear when you switch your business to shopify the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell online in person on social media and beyond Uh, We use it here at Everything Iconic. Shopify is the best all-in-one commerce platform capable of handling all your business complexity, no matter how big you grow. I think it's fantastic. You're probably thinking, sure, but migrating is going to be a headache. But Shopify's app store has the migration apps you need to migrate all of your products, your orders, your customers, and more. Uh, from every major e-commerce platform all the way to Shopify. And I always hate when I'm shopping online and I have to re-enter all of my information. Well, Shopify store remembers your shipping address, your payment information. So if you're on the couch and your wallet's on the kitchen counter, you don't have to get up, which is nice. So sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash everything iconic, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com slash everything iconic. Shopify, S-H-O-P-I-F-Y dot com slash everything iconic. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
And we all carry around different stressors, both big and small. Sometimes the small stressors are the worst for me because I cannot stop thinking about them when I'm trying to sleep or when I'm trying to go about my day. I keep those little things bottled up and it can start to affect me negatively. Now, therapy is a safe space to get those things off of my chest and figure out how to work through all that stuff. And if you've never benefited from therapy, I think it's time you explore. I think anyone can be helped by going to a professional therapist. It's so incredibly helpful to get those coping skills skills and uh, deal with those stressors. So uh, if you're thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be super convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you got to do is fill out this quick, brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge, which I think is so important. Uh, so that way you find someone that you work well with. Now, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Everything Iconic today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Everything Iconic. I loved you in Trophy Wife, which I know is not not necessarily um, acting-wise, but I just I love, love Trophy that. Wife. Yeah, it's just I it was a great Trophy show. So much. And she's a character, Diane was mm-hmm. a character that I would love to play again because there's nothing more fun than being grand and then being cut down to size. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever you're grand and being cut down, I just think that's such a fun comic device. And so she was so much fun. I don't know why that show didn't go. I think it would have lasted for a long time. It should have. You know, that's something I think that's perfect to binge right now. Like as everyone's home, I think that was, it was one season, I think 22 episodes, but it's so, so yeah. good. Um, that's something I would recommend to people to watch. I also, awesome. I love as a movie, one of your projects, I love Mona Lisa Smile is, is a favorite uh, project of mine, I'd say. Um, that was fun. She was based a little bit on my mom who was, um, first of all, Julia was awesome in that. And, uh, another really women centric film. Yep, a bunch of badass Newell. women in that too. Yeah. Yeah. Mike Newell directed it and he was absolutely lovely. Um, he went on to do a Harry Potter. Are you a Harry Potter fan? Oh yeah. I love Harry Potter. Yeah. You're the perfect age for it. Love Harry it. Potter. I love Harry Potter. Um, and Snape. I always miss Snape. Um, so, you oh, know, that's something of- Harry Potter is something that I hope one day they actually do reboot. Wouldn't you love to see it as like a TV series or something? I think it, there was some, the movies were so fantastic, but I would love to see it, um, interpreted another way or, or even in a TV series where they could play around with length a little bit more and, and include more of the book. Genius idea. Mm-hmm. Gee, maybe first of all, she writes specifically for that shorter form because she, every chapter is a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Every chapter. You feel like if I put the book down, the boy will die. Right. But you know what I'd love to see? I'd love to see Angels in America as a musical by mm. the woman who did Hades Town. Have you oh, seen Hades Town? I've never so seen Hades Town. Um, oh my God, it's so good. I'll have to see it. Uh, I love it. Yeah, I mean, Angels in America that I, that was done brilliantly on TV. But some of these stories, like you're right, that is he is modern day Shakespeare, and it's like we. I don't always love a reboot or something that's redone, but certain projects like that where it's just so the source material is so brilliant, it's like yeah, I'm okay with it if it's interpretive a little different way. Well, for sure, and Angels was very operatic as well. You know, it had long opera type speeches, and I just think if 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 you see Hades Town, you'll see what I mean because it's this kind of jazzy, rhythmic musical piece that is very American, but also very sexy and very soulful. And I think that that would be fantastic for Tony. Yeah. 
Poor angels. Um, but I don't go, I don't know. It's funny. Like, I don't even think, I think, like, what work did I do that I would talk about? You usually kind of do it and forget it and move on. Yeah. You need to watch some of this stuff. I, I need you to watch it. It's good. Okay. All of your stuff is good. Um, okay. So I have a little lightning round for you. Well, first of all, before I get the lightning round, are you doing morning show season two? Any? Do you have any insight of like... I hope so. I hope okay. so. This character was based on Maureen Dowd, who is the great, great New York uh, Times reporter. And she's also a beautiful, sexy woman. She used to date um, Aaron Sorkin. Mm. Uh, when, that was another fun thing. Newsroom was Newsroom. fun. Yeah. But she dated Aaron Sorkin, and uh, she's just as smart as hell, as is he. And so I knew when they gave me the role, they were like, this is kind of based on her, like sort of inspired by her. Oh, okay, cool. So I'm at this Oscars party, and this beautiful woman bumps into me and sees me and walks on, and she drops her phone. Um, I pick it up, and I chase her through the crowd. I'm like, here's your phone. She turns around, she goes, looks at me, and she goes, Oh, I'm Maureen Dowd. And I said, Oh, cool. So anyway, you're from. Did she know that? Did she know that she knew that you were doing it? Oh my God. No, no, I don't know if she did or not, but I was just like, she knew, maybe she knew me from newsroom probably. So of course I'm like, yeah, sure. So here's your phone. Oh my God. (laughs) I like took me a second to realize it just put the name together. (laughs) And I told her I was doing it. And she wrote the nicest note after she saw Season one, because she said, I just didn't think anything more could be said intelligently on that subject. And you guys did it, which was really nice. Yeah. I'm telling you, everyone who's listening, I hope they go watch that scene between... I mean, all all of your scenes in that are brilliant. But the scene with Jennifer Aniston, where you're you're holding a champagne glass. Oh, yeah. It's just so... You're like, kind of sniffing it and... Yeah. Oh my God. It's just, uh, it's <laughs> wonderful. Okay. A lightning round. Okay. Um, what's your, who's the most fun co-star you've ever worked with? Fun? Uh, Brad Whitford. Bradley Whitford. Um, Bradley Whitford. Trophy wife. Trophy wife. Who's Bradley the- would make, sorry, oh, just, oh, just no. the answer. That's all. No, that's okay. It. You could talk, you could talk as much as you no, want, Marcia Gay. Like, somebody <laughs> shut her up. No. When I was born. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I love it. Um, who's the best scene partner you've ever worked with, like acting wise? Oh, Meryl Streep. Wait, what, is, what am I forgetting? We did a play together, a Mike Nichols play okay. um, called The Seagull, um, Shakespeare in the Park. Um, so it wasn't a Mike Nichols. Mike Nichols directed it. And it was Meryl and John Goodman and Natalie Portman and Philip Seymour Hoffman and Chris Walken. Oh, my the God. Cast. We, it was the cast of everybody, first named. Um, and Meryl was amazing. She was like the most loyal dressing room partner ever scene partner but i have to say maybe now that i mentioned chris walken chris and i did this little movie what the hell is it called maiden heist mm-hmm. and i love the character and her name is rose and chris made me laugh and he played so well i would again i would almost pee my pants every day i love chris walken oh i love that he's so he's fun to watch it's so funny everyone has an impression they can do of him it's like, yeah, like, everybody. Um, okay, so what uh, music do you listen to? What kind of music do you like? I like all kinds. I like jazz. I like like acoustic folk. Um, with Hudson, I never listened to Broadway music sort of before until Hudson um, introduced me to it. Hudson is my son. Mm-hmm. And he was like always playing these Broadway musicals. And, and I used to kind of find it jarring initially. And now I don't at all. It's so beautiful. I just don't think I ever knew how to listen to it. So now a little bit of that, but yeah, jazz, classical, 
um, folk acoustic in the day, you know, Joan Armatrading and Joni Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, uh, you mentioned Diane Keaton before she would do the scene, she would be listening to music. Have you ever tried that method before of like getting, using music to kind of get you into character or is that? No, I do try it. And specifically, um, rather than me listening to exterior music, it will be uh, generating it, like humming it, generating it inside mm-hmm. my own body. Um, there's a certain song that I'll often do, um, and it just generates a kind of resonance and emotion. Okay. So what shows hard shift here? What shows do you binge watch? Are you binge watch? Do you binge watch anything like now that anything you're watching? Yeah, we did. We were, I was binge watching, um, end of the fucking world Mm. with my daughter. Um, we binge watched, uh, game of Thrones with, when my other daughter was here um, we were starting to binge watch Fleabag, which I really loved, but I thought it became a little self-aware. Um, I mean, that's the whole point of it, I guess. Um, and we're, oh, um, Bill Hader, Bill Hader, Bill Hader. What's the name of oh, it? Oh, Barry. Yes, Barry. We were uh, binge watching that, which I loved really. Now that is freaking unusual. Yeah. I've never and he's great seen in that. a show like that. He's fantastic. I've never seen anything like that. They want me to watch Westworld, and I would because I literally worship Ed Harris, but um, I'm afraid of it. I'm afraid I would be too, like, I couldn't sleep or something. Yeah. I tried Westworld. I couldn't get into it. I couldn't yeah, get into it. It's just hard. Okay. If you were choosing for People Magazine the sexiest man alive, who would you choose? Uh, um, uh, well, now. Here comes a stupid generational thing because when I look at people who you everyone would go, oh my god, the sexiest man ever. To me, they're like a child, and I feel like a pedophile. Yes. So, like to me, I'll be like Clint Eastwood. He's like he's ninety. Let me tell you something. Clint Eastwood is still sexy. <laughs> he's the sexiest man ever. Or like you'll go like Kenneth Branagh. He's really sexy because he's a talented and b really funny. I love funny men. I love like Ray Romano. Um, Ray Romano. Ray Romano has gotten so sexy as he's gotten older. He? Like so, I find him so sexy, Ray Romano. Much sexier, and what like of course, Durr, Everybody, you know, um, what's his name, Bradley. Who sure. I did run into Cooper and went into him once in line, and I was trying to say I liked his work, and he was so beautiful. I, was, I, I like I couldn't form a sentence, and I said, like, "Marsha Gay, if you you of all people who can't form a sentence, come on, child, <laughs> like stiffen up." And and I just couldn't. I maybe the stiffen up idea. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Maybe that got in my head. I just couldn't. <laughs> he was so so beautiful, but he falls a little in the pretty category. Eddie Vedder. Eddie mm. Vedder, he's really friggin' sexy. Bono, sexy. Wait, I have a question. So you, uh, you were in the Fifty Shades movies. Jamie Dornan, does he fall into the too pretty category for he you? He was or? my son. Yeah, I, he's, I know he's your son, but no, he does only because I feel like if I sat on his lap, if he, if I was his age and I sat on his lap, I would squish him. I can't feel <laughs> like I would squish somebody if I sit on their lap. I would like to try to sit on his lap. Um, you you already are on Idris's lap, and I'm on his lap. <laughs> sure, so sure. You scoot over. You can go on Jamie's lap. I'm uh, on Idris's Jamie lap. Dornan to me is just one of the sex. I mean, he's one of the sex. I don't know what he's like in person. I don't know if he he. he I don't know. Sweetest, familyest guy ever. Oh, good. Shy as hell. He seems shy. I always get like a. I feel like he would be cold, but maybe it's just because he seems shy. No, he's shy, and I think you know everybody just 
picks at him and pokes him and wants something from him all the time. So he probably is a little protected. But I found him just sweet. You know, he was my son, for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Well, Marcia Gay, this was just such a delight to talk to you about your career. I have loved watching you. You've given us so, so much. I have one last question to leave you with. I This is a tough time, and I sort of asked you this earlier, but I'm wondering if there's a quote or something you hang on to, like when you're going through a tough time, that you might be able to share with listeners who are cooped up inside and they need something to hold on to. Yeah, sure. Um, I just thought of a quote that my acting teacher used to give me and it actually was one of my meditation cards the other day and I'm just leaving it on the counter. Um, it's basically you are enough. And mm. my acting teacher used to tell me that all the time because I would think, no, I have to have an accent. I have to have a wig. I have to have a this. I have to have a that. I have to be anything other than what I am at my core. And and then he would say, Marcia Gay, you are enough. And I would balk at that. I would think, I'm boring by myself. I'm not enough. I'm not like this. And I would compare myself to a thousand other people. And ultimately, as I've gotten older, I understand that it's literally when you say to yourself at your core, you are enough, you're kind of saying a lot because you're saying you have it all in you, which you do. You have all the wisdom in you, which you do. You have all the love in you, which you do. And you have the ability to do whatever you choose because you are enough. So that probably would be the thing that I would say. That's beautiful. I love it. Marsha Gay, you're a queen, you're an icon and a legend. Thank you so much for taking this time. I really appreciate it. You're more than welcome. Thank you for having me. love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily, I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that thoughtfully designs furniture made for modern living. Now, Cozy strives to provide the best furniture shopping experience with elegant, super high quality products, plus fast delivery and easy assembly, which is really important to me because I do not like putting together furniture. So the easier, the better for me. Now, Cozy offers a beautiful, customizable sofas and sectionals that are made to adapt in time. This means customers can add seats to the sofas over time. Maybe if you're extending your family, you might want more space on the couch. Cozy also offers a great range of coffee tables, washable rugs, wall shelving, credenzas, TV stands, and accessories. So much. It's thoughtfully designed furniture made for modern living. There's an outdoor sofa and tables collection that is fantastic. It's called the Mistral. So you can choose the perfect sofa configuration for your outdoor setup. Uh, Cozy also opened its first retail space on Queen Street in Toronto to push the experience to the next level and allow customers to engage physically with the products. So transform your living space today with Cozy. Visit Cozy.com, spelled C-O-Z-E-Y, to start customizing your furniture today. Again, that's Cozy, C-O-Z-E-Y.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.